back to the Rude Dude Podcast. It is I, your co-host, Cameron, aka The Cree, or whatever the hell else you want to call me. Um, if you can't tell, again, that this is another solo job by me. Um, I know that a bunch of people who probably listen to this are probably cringing at the thought that they have to listen to me talk to myself um, about random shit. But here we are. Um, Hen is out this week. Um, He is dealing with kind of a similar situation as I am. We are both sick. Who the fuck gets sick in June, bro? Um, The same thing kind of happened to me where it was, what, Sunday night, I believe? I had the, uh, the vaunted sore throat start creeping in on me and um that's the indicator for me that I'm about to be fucking sick um we ended up going to sleep uh woke up that night swallowing razor blades um liquid fire magma um for my Austin Powers um fans (laughs) uh and then Tuesday it progressed into me being completely fucked off. Wednesday, I was sick as shit. Uh, Thursday, feeling a little bit better. Today is Friday, and if you can probably hear, I'm a little more nasally than I normally am. Um, but we are on the mend here. Uh, Hen, I, I haven't talked to him on the phone, but he says he can't breathe. He's borderline on oxygen. So um, thoughts and prayers for him out in West Virginia. Um, I'm praying for you, brother, and I know that you'll be able to pull through this just as I am. So, um, there was a few things I wanted to cover um, since we talked about surrendering uh, last week. I wanted to first and foremost apologize. If you had listened to that episode on anything outside of headphones, uh, you probably heard like this phantom vibrator noise going on. Um, I can promise you it wasn't a sex toy. Uh, my interface, or preemptive, whatever you want to call it for all you sound nerds, was completely shitting out um, the entire time we were recording that episode. So that was what happened. Um, if you were able to power through the episode, we appreciate you. If you weren't able to stomach it, I honestly don't blame you either. Uh, there was some good stuff in there. So if you want to go back and give it a listen, just expect, um, you know, a ghost sound coming through the airwaves. Um, the podcast is not haunted or anything along those lines, but it, it does kind of sound like shit. So I wanted to apologize for that. Um, this is going to be a shorter episode because it's just weird sitting here talking. I'm in the Hobbit Den um, all by myself. Uh, the wife's in the house with the newborn, the dogs, and the toddler who doesn't take naps. And this gives me an opportunity to really uh, really hammer home to my parents with younger children. Um, cherish nap time, my man, um, because they start going away, and it's like fucking hell on earth um, when they do. Uh, it gets around 5 o'clock, and it's World War Three around here. The kid starts getting real moody. Uh, telling us no, and and, and it it just sucks ass. Um, I tried to drive her around to get her to take a nap when I picked her up from daycare today. Wasn't having it. She was pretty much in the back seat telling me to suck a dick the entire time. 
Um, I conceded, and we are here. So Ashley's in there dealing with that, um, and I'm out in the Hobbit shed. So I'll try to keep this as brief as possible. Um, I wanted to talk about a little principle that we kind of live by, or we should, um, or I try to, um, in the program, and that is um, the attraction rather than promotion piece. Um, it's almost you can kind of twist it into leading by example as well for, you know, normies. Um, how are we carrying ourselves? Um, for me in the beginning, um, I felt like I could get a little pushy with my sobriety, right? Like, hey man, like, you shouldn't drink and you shouldn't do drugs. And I wasn't like, you know, hounding people about it, but I felt a certain type of way. Um, I felt like people, you know, were, were destroying their lives. Um, and after a little bit of time passed, I was able to see <laughs> through being humble and realizing that I'm nothing special and I just happened to wake up one day and decided to actually put in the work and look at myself. Um, it's not my fucking place to try to tell somebody that they can or cannot drink or they can or cannot smoke weed or they can or cannot snort coke or meth or slam heroin or, or whatever it may be. Um, it's not my place. And what I can do is I can walk the path that I currently walk, which is a sober life, um, trying to, you know, be the best person I can be, trying to hold myself accountable, trying to be accepting of life's issues and, and, and handling it with a sober attitude and, and an open heart and an open mind. And I can hope that if I do that effectively and I show that if I show love and compassion and, um, I guess almost, I don't want to say flex the blessings. I know that seems weird and see that that's kind of counterproductive or counterintuitive to what I was just saying, but I want to show um, people who are still struggling that this is what happens when we, when we finally do do that surrendering, kind of like the last episode. And this is what happens when we do do the soul searching and we, and we become okay with ourselves. Um, things start falling into place. And if you can just do that kind of naturally, um, it, can, it, can, it can look attractive. Um, and hopefully that can bring some people still in their sickness to the other side. Or at least that's what we can hope. I know that for me, um, because we were supposed to interview my cousin Matthew today, and as you can tell, this whole episode is completely gone off the fucking rails. Henry's, Henry's in the ICU with a sickness. Um, Matthew had some things popping up with him, had to cancel. Um, but the reason I bring him up, and I'm going to bring him up later in this episode because he can't tell this story, but you guys sit tight. I got a funny little story to kind of break the ice on this one. Um, he was sober for five years before I, before I got sober. And I would see how he would carry himself. This is a prime example of attraction rather than promotion and kind of leading by example. Um, and I fucking wanted it. And I wanted it. I couldn't explain it, and I wasn't willing to accept it or put in the work like, hey, 
I'm going to have to eventually stop drinking um, if I want to have what he has. And, and you know, I'd sit there and I'd see him and be like, this cocksucker, look at him, he's all happy, he doesn't have bags under his eyes, and, and things seem to be lining up for him. Well, I'm going to go drink about it. Uh, and that, that, that's just kind of how it went. But I saw that with multiple people that, that were sober before I got sober, and they, and they led with just this shiny example of, of what sobriety looks like. Um, people working in an active program, um, holding themselves accountable and being, you know, just overall good human beings and no longer playing the game. Um, so that's what we can do. Um, am I leading by example? Am I, am I, in, am I engaging in selfish, self-centered behaviors? Am I playing the victim? Am I doing addict alcoholic shit? without actively drinking or using. Um, and those things are really easy to see if you're paying attention. Um, I do it all the time. You know, this is a practice over perfection type thing. Um, I, I'll do it all the time. Um, but how am I carrying myself? Am I setting the example of how we lead this sober life? Am I taking life's challenges on the chin like we have to? Am I... Am I okay with the outcome of these things? And am I saying to myself that no matter what, that I'm going to keep carrying on, <clears throat> excuse me, sober, and I'm going to fight these battles the way that I have to these days. Uh, not the easiest route, um, and anybody in sobriety can tell you, uh, life's trials and tribulations sure do love to pour down on people like us. And I would be naive to say that um, life's trials and tribulations <laughs> don't pour down onto everybody. Isn't that the game? Isn't that the game? Um, but we don't get the opportunity to run from it. And if we do choose to run from it, there are massive repercussions. And and we, we just don't we just don't want to do that. Um so carry yourself how you, how you want other people who would be struggling, who would see you. Uh, I guess try to make them envious, right? Try to make them see the, the, the greatness of, of, of this freedom that we have from getting clean and getting sober and doing the right thing. And it might, it might just push them one step closer to uh, the other side. And that's all we can hope for, right? Um, another thing that motivates me um, to continue doing this type of shit, aside from, um, you know, being present with my wife and my kids and my family, mending the relationships that I had destroyed, regaining my trust, being a good employee, uh, still being an asshole from time to time, but, but that's a given. Um, I think the greatest part, though, is I didn't necessarily grow up in an, an alcoholic uh, household like, like a lot of people do. Um, if you listen to my story, you, you can hear that. I, I mean, yeah, my parents would have drinks on occasion and shit like that, but nothing crazy. Uh, but I do come from a long line of alcoholics. Um, I've mentioned aunts and uncles dying from the disease. 
Um, I have other family members who are still in active addiction. Uh, we have the itch, per se, or like I'd like to talk about with my kids, I hope they don't get the quote-unquote demon blood. Uh, it's my little joke that, you know, I happen to be um, a, a recipient of that bloodline, right? Uh, once it hits my lips, it's over with. Um, and that's just the cards I was dealt. No, no, no sad story. It is what it is. Uh, but me being around that type of shit, like the, maybe the little bit of excess drinking at family reunions and some of the chaos, um, I have an opportunity to break that curse with my kids. Uh, they don't have to see any of that shit if I don't want them to. And that is the best part. That is the best part, is that here's another, it ties back into leading by example, right? I get to teach my kids how to deal with things in a healthy way. And what's more beautiful than that? Not, hey, Addison, come over here. Uh, I'm sorry you're sad when she's older. Here, let's have a beer about it. Or, hey, Graham, uh, sorry your girlfriend broke up with you or, or you lost that job when you're older. Here, let's go drink about it. No, I get to teach them life skills. How do we deal with these negative emotions that get thrown at us, these trials and these tribulations, without running away to substances and dealing with it in a destructive manner? And there's nothing better than that, dude. Nothing better than that. I will fucking die on this hill. I, I, the fact that I can sit and teach my kids to even do that little, if you listen to the last episode... A little cams calm down method, right? Hey, we're a little stressed out. We're a little we're a little wound up right now. Why don't we step outside, take a deep breath, lower our shoulders, unclench our jaw, you know? Let's just sit back, and then we can analyze what's bugging us. And that that type of stuff is is kind of a new age type of thinking. You know, it's really it's really clicky. Uh, have some have some mindfulness. Everybody's a fucking Zen master and a meditation you know master as well. Uh, and, and, and that's fine if you are, but that shit wasn't taught to me, right? And that's no, that's no dig at my parents or anybody. Um, it just wasn't the thing to do, right? And their parents didn't teach them that, and the parents before them didn't teach them that. Uh, so that's one of the main drivers for me, um, breaking that curse, breaking that stigma, uh, changing the way that that people from my family used to handle things. Um, or hoping, at least. I could be completely fucking naive to think that me teaching my, my kids to, um, you know, learn how to self-regulate in a healthier way instead of running away via substances, um, it will work out perfectly and I'll have these perfectly emotionally regulated humans and 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 they'll have scholarships to Harvard and and cure cancer. That's 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 not happening, and that's not what I'm saying. Um, but at least I would feel a little bit better about the situation if I did teach them that, and I did give them that chance to be able to to just sit with the emotions and learn how to live life um, without running from it all the time. Um, because that's not a good place for any human to be. We gotta look in that goddamn mirror and we gotta take it and I'll say that all the time life on life's terms 
life on life's terms. But that was kind of all I wanted to get on, at least for a, a little mini topic on this week of Rude Dude. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a little funny little segment as I'm sitting here by myself. Uh, it's called Cam Should Be in Prison or Dead Story. Um, and this is where I tied in where Matthew was supposed to be here today to tell his story of, of you know, his, his journey to sobriety and um, adults, children of alcoholics, which we are going to have him on. And uh, he's involved in this story, and I think it's fucking hilarious, but I, I, I should honestly be in prison or, or he should be dead. So I'll just get to it. Uh, I think this was back in around, what, 2008, 2009. I'm, I'm either 19 or 20. Uh, Matt and I are going to go drinking uh, with one of my aunts, and we end up going to their house and I think it's Cinco de Mayo. I remember starting the night drinking tequila, and that's not a very good um, start, right? Um, that just that just tells you where this evening's going to go. Uh, later on in the evening, we all decide that we're going to go down um, to Faces, which is a uh, LGBTQ gay bar down here in Sacramento for all our listeners. Um, a really fun place, right? Like, I've, I've had some good times there when I was, when I was drinking. Uh, so we all um, hop into my aunt's girlfriend's truck, and we all shuttle down downtown. And <laughs> as you can tell when I told you the beginning of the story, I'm 19 or 20 years old. How the fuck am I getting into this nightclub? Well, Matt and I, I guess, kind of look the same, but, but we really don't. Uh, we have uh, dark hair, and at the time... Uh, we both had gauges in our ears. Uh, Matt still rocks his. I have, I've had my plugs out for about 10 to 12 years now. But uh, Matt is three years older than me, so Matt's around 23, something along those lines. So I use his ID to get in. And fucking, you know, it works. I'm in, I'm in the club. And we end up doing this little shuffle. Someone goes out to smoke cigarettes, and they give the ID back to Matt, and he comes in. And everybody's drinking and having a good time. And I think this is one of like my few times before I turned twenty one that I actually got into a bar successfully and was and was drinking and it was it was the tits. I mean it was it was it was eye opening, right? Like you know, there's a bunch of men in underwear dancing on poles and, 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 and it was a different it was a different vibe for sure, but but it was fun. But it was fun. So we're drinking and and at this point it's a fucking blur. Um, I am roaming around. I'm 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 getting lost out of bathrooms. You know I'm coming out of the bathroom. I, it's all just foggy. It's dark and 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 I'm hammered. I'm drinking Hennessy and you know I'm 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 thinking I'm the greatest thing since sliced bread. Anyway, so Matt ended up getting brought outside back to the truck because he's completely fucked off. Um, Matt's hammered, so. I'm looking for him in the club, and and I eventually find my aunt and the and all the people that we went down there with, and I go, where the where the fuck is Matt? <laughs> and they go, Matt's outside. He's at the car. Someone needs to go check on him, and and they uh, they hand me the keys to the truck. Right, this is a 2000 fucking three Chevy Silverado that we drove down there in. So I go, I'll I'll go. I'm 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 gonna go out and see what's going on with Matt, man. I gotta find out what's going on. So I'm I'm all fucking drunk and, and I gotta find out what what's going on with Matt. So 
somehow I, I I'm downtown Sac. I, I somehow find where the truck is, and Matt is just laying there on a curb like a like a fucking vagrant, hammered. I mean, absolutely fucking hammered. Um, and I tell him, I'm like, man, you should you should just lay down, lay down in the bed of the truck. We're good, bro. And we're sitting there, and I come back up to the club. I'll be I was like, I'll be right back. And somebody, as I'm smoking a cigarette, comes and talks to me from our little party and goes, yeah, someone should really get Matt home. And for some reason, in my mind, I literally heard, Cameron, you should drive Matthew home this instant. Well, that's what I did. Um, I turned around. Mind you, this is the vehicle that everybody who went downtown, we don't live close to downtown, uh, came down in. And I'm 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 taking Matt home, dude. I'm gonna save the fucking day because Matt has drank too much alcohol, and I gotta I gotta get him home. Well, the story's a little blurry um, up until this point, but I'm but I'm in the rig. Um, I'm in I'm in the truck, and I I've somehow navigated my way out of downtown, and I'm driving on Highway 80 towards wherever the hell they lived, and as I'm driving down the freeway. Um, I hear this loud banging on the top of the truck. I'm doing probably 70, 75, 80 miles an hour. Um, and it's just thump, 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 thump. And, and I'm like, dude, what the fuck is this? What is going on? <laughs> and, uh, as I, as I look in the rearview mirror, Matthew was passed out in the bed of the fucking truck. <laughs> fucking hauling him down the freeway hammered <laughs> he is standing in the bed of the truck pounding on the fucking hood although i don't know what you even call that the hood of the fucking car <laughs> i'm sorry matt when we get you on here dude you're gonna have to tell your side of the story because man i still can't fucking believe this i can only imagine what the people behind me on the freeway were thinking like i had kidnapped this man um, he somehow got himself untied, um, and, and all this. So I know Matt, I, I eventually, I eventually realized that, oh shit, I drove off with Matthew in the bed of the fucking truck and I'm on the goddamn freeway. So I, I eventually get off on an exit. Luckily a cop hasn't seen us or anything along those lines. No one's called 911 to what I know. Um, and I pull over and I stop the truck and Matt comes over to the passenger side, and his eyes are the size of fucking saucers, man. I can only imagine how he felt. But he's got his fists up, and he's ready to fucking fight me, man. And, and he, <laughs> I open the door, and he's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? And I'm like, I'm like, bro, get in the truck. They told me to take you home. He thought somebody stole the truck. Um, long story short, dude, I gotta, I got, you gotta wait for Matt to, to come on this episode, but I, I ended up getting him back home. I still don't know how that happened. And everybody ended up coming back via taxi and wanted to beat my ass because I strounded them uh, downtown at Faces. Uh, but I was trying to save Matt, dude. Um, I think I got exiled. They, they told me to go lay in the room and go to sleep, and nobody talked to me for the rest of the night. Um, but Matt didn't fly out of the bed of the truck. Um, I didn't crash. And somehow, someway, I avoided the police. Um, that is one of 900 um, Cameron's I Should Be in Prison or Dead stories. Uh, stick around, subscribe, follow, and like for more. <laughs> That's a fucking rich one, man. Uh, I don't know how I skated by on that one, but I did. Um, 
And that leads me to one more final little segment in this fun little random wacky wonky episode. Um, I'm going to do a little sober celebrity, a little hope for everybody that society's coolest people um, who are the raddest can actually live a sober life. So this week, I'm going to go off to um, Anthony Hopkins, uh, Hannibal Lecter himself. Um, He has been sober for 47 years. Um, He is a recovering alcoholic. Um, A short little thing about him. Um, He says, I am a recovering alcoholic. And to you out there, I know there are people struggling this day and age of cancel and hatred and non-compromise, children being bullied. I say this, be kind to yourself. Be kind. Stay out of the circle of toxicity with people if they offend you. Live your life. Be proud of your life. Um, a quick on a quick little touch up on what his life looked like 47 years ago. Um, he said he was in a desperate situation and in despair. Probably didn't have much time left to live until he was fortunate enough to acknowledge one day that something was wrong with him. But I didn't realize that it was a kind of condition, mental, physical, emotional condition, called alcoholism or addiction. I'm not an expert on drugs. I'm not an expert on anything. I know nothing except I have found a life where no one bullies me, Hopkins says. Um, to finish up, he talks about you know people getting help and how there, there are plenty of avenues for people to get sober. He says there are 12-step programs all over the world. Every city, every small city, every community. 12-step program, programs that can help you identify what you are. It doesn't cost a thing, but it will give you a whole new life. He concludes by saying he's not a do-gooder and that he's a sinner just like everybody else, but getting sober helped him live a life that he has today. So wherever you are, get help. Don't be ashamed. Be proud of yourself. Whatever you do, don't let anyone put you down. Celebrate yourself as I do myself, although I know nothing. And I think that's great um, because I couldn't tell you how I maintain my sobriety. I love that he says I know nothing. Um, I know we can, I, I feel like I sound preachy sometimes when I'm on this podcast, like I got it all fucking figured out. I don't, I don't got shit figured out. Um, I don't, I don't got it figured out. I just, I just, I just do what was taught to me and, 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 and by the grace of God, I, I wake up the next day sober. Um, so I think that's fantastic. The plan next week, um, is kind of up in the air. Um, we'll see if Henry can get off the ventilator and breathe again. And I think Matt will actually be on next week. I talked with him a little bit um, earlier this week, and he said that his schedule will come up. So hopefully we can bring up that Funny Faces story because him telling his side to it is is absolutely hilarious. And it's not really funny, but it's pretty fucking funny. Um, so I will end this like we always do, and I won't do it as awkward as I did on my last solo piece. Um... I love you, Hen, and I hope you're feeling better. Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Give us a follow on Spotify. Give us a share with your friends. Um, Follow us on Instagram at RudeDudePod. And we are on Apple, Amazon Music, Samsung Music. Um, I'm working on getting Stitcher. And so pretty soon you can listen to us on every avenue. And one day we'll have videos so you can see Hen and I sitting here bullshitting in the hobbit shed and in his closet and that's something that's going to be must see tv so uh thanks again for stopping by guys um we love you very much and i'll talk to you guys next week later (laughs) 
Yeah, yeah. 